Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks. Hi, friends. It's Sarah May. So this is a power-up turned long form because I had tools. So I decided to extend it. So this is really about something I have been experiencing lately, which is kind of this great energy and ability that comes from doing things that are really challenging and not fun or comfortable for you. And I guess because I see in a lot of people who usually are are just comfortable, they become slaves to habit. And then they grow this like intense paralysis, like a fear or perceived lack of their own ability when they they start to try and venture outside of their routine. Like suddenly they feel like they can't do anything more than what they've done. And in many ways, that's kind of like the danger of comfort. And um, so this is kind of about how to initiate a changeable and flexible sense of self. And it's written in part because when you are in a state of continual growth, you can better stay connected to the fact that nothing in life is really such a big deal. Like nothing can take you out or make you suffer. And better yet, you can do anything and everything you want because it's, everything's possible. It's like, why not? Nothing really holds you back. And um, you aren't trapped by kind of like that sense of learned helplessness that's kind of created by a routine. And that is because you learn from your own behavior, you can't do anything. Because if you are continually doing the same thing and then you don't try things, you tend to grow this sense of self like, I can't do that. I can't do anything outside of this thing. And if you don't try things or push yourself to fail at things, you feel like you really are unable to um, be vulnerable. Like you stop trying altogether. And when you make a habit of, of pushing yourself to try things that are really hard, you stay connected to um, kind of like this broader definition of self that is you in this entire lifetime. Because it's really easy to forget when you were a kid and you didn't care when you tried and fell and tried again and fell again and tried again and then didn't fall. Because that's when your brain didn't have as loud of a voice. So I want to help you grow that self a little bit more. So with that, there are three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. And the what and the why are sort of like, uh, I don't know, they're, they're loosely what's and why's. Here we go, part one, the what. 
When we make goals, we often set them on symptoms. So that means, like, by that I mean outcomes that are um, singular instances. For example, you might set your sights on a title or being at a certain weight. However, that thing in itself has no real value. It's like an idol. It's like a false idol. And we chase it because we believe it is what makes people happy. However, if you make your goal into something like a state of being or a way of living, like a way of feeling about yourself or an approach to having a great life, the method to get to that goal will change. It rearranges the hierarchy um, of today, and it makes your participation kind of at the top of that hierarchy. So in the same way you might reframe the pursuit of happiness over a lifetime, you can reframe the way you think about goals as something that's bigger than, and broader than a badge, as bigger than a symptom, bigger than the measures that are kind of deemed valuable by external structures. So you could almost think of yourself as like a pro athlete, but instead of competing in a series of games and competitions, you are honing your skills for anything and everything that could be experienced in your life. So the muscles you're training are like the muscles of growth and change, of self-betterment and wisdom and compassion and understanding and spirituality, all the good stuff. And when you are constantly pushing yourself to grow and change, regular life things get easier because failure isn't such a harsh word. It's like just part of it. And it starts by making that goal and deliberate approach to your everyday life. And just via having that goal, everything becomes wide open because you're continuing to push yourself into new areas and stay away from just stagnation and sameness. So that becomes like the measure. Am I growing? Am I bettering my best? Part two, the why. Goals can blind us to experience. And with that, important feedback that will, in fact, inform the goal we have itself. We will forever be learning what our goals are, even as we pursue them. So we will grow insight and learn better methods, or we might be shown a totally different path that leads to an even better version of what we wanted. So it's important to remain a participant in your life and not just a miner that is shoveling toward a diamond. I believe that life at its foundation is a balancing act that is constantly renegotiated. It's never solved because it is fluid. So maybe a better metaphor is that life at its best is a song. It needs breath and emotion and energy and a melody. And that is a good thing because to never change would be to never know the outside of the crib. Like, I mean, as a baby, you'd be like, no, I'm not going out there. So it's a path that is walked, not a static moment. And it is by nature forever evolving. We're not statues. We are vines. So what changes is what is great about life. It is constantly new and different and exciting and expanding. So to control it 
or make it linear or reduce it to one particular concept of what it's supposed to be will never make you the happiest or feel the most fulfilled. It is the adding of layers and depth that brings the riches. Just like as a kid, you might not want to try new foods that are weird. As an adult, you might not want to try the new, really hard, scary thing. And that's because we misperceive it as something threatening. I believe the longest lasting moments of happiness come from three places, generally. When you are embarking on something new and exciting and full of potential, or you've pushed yourself past a previous limit, or when you have given joy to another person. So just reflect on that for a moment. In your life, has this been true? I want you, I want to invite you to reflect on moments that you have felt happiest in your life, and then we're going to quantify exactly what it was that made it so wonderful. So close your eyes, or if you can't close your eyes, just maybe put your right hand over your heart, and now just think of a moment in your life that made you so happy when you felt full of love. Where are you? Who are you with? What is the moment in time? Really go through your surroundings. Like imagine your body in this place. What does it feel like? What is the energy like? Just take in the energy of the surroundings. What was that moment in your life? Was it something fleeting? Was it something uh, that lasted that day? Or was it something that brought you lasting joy? And why did it resonate with you? Did it tap into a greater kind of depth? Was it something that expanded your understanding of your life? Did it suddenly mean more in this context? And now I want you to think of another memory. Another memory of pure joy. But I want it to be something that was related to another person and how you brought joy into the other person's life. Picture this moment. Picture the place you're in, the sounds. Picture the other person and their face. So imagine your face as they are seeing you. And really like embody it in your memory, just the sensory experience of it. What is the quality of this moment for you? Why is it so rich? Is it the happiness that you brought to another person? Is it being known in a different way? Is it the value you feel in just affecting somebody else? So these are the moments that life is really made of. These are the kinds of moments we cannot predict or control or bottle or manufacture or force. And they're wonderful because they are bigger than our script. They're bigger than a single moment, and they are created by the path in its entirety, all the moments before it. 
If I were to think about my measure for happiness as a younger self, I would say that it was probably a lot more external. Like it all came down to proving I was good enough by the measures of others. And whether or not I was happy really relied on these external things. And this is a very painful, painful roller coaster style of creating happiness. And it's not sustainable. And that's because it hurts when you come down. So I would reference like the majority of, you know, musicians or celebrities who rise and fall with their external definitions of self. How scary it is to lose something like status or beauty. And this is where your currency exists. And this is how you lose your worth. So it also negates the value of you, the individual, and the experience that you have of your own life. It places the focus of value lopsidedly in the outer self, the accumulated badges or what others say, what others believe. So now that I am wiser and much happier on a day-to-day basis, I realize that it's because I have a different measure for myself. I have a different goal. It, it's my approach to my life that has changed. It's not the ingredients of my life that has changed. If someone congratulates me for something I put nothing into, it means nothing. If I got last place in a sport that I struggled desperately to learn, I'd be a lot happier and more satisfied than if I got first place in one that was effortless. So instead of setting goals that inflict pain and judgment upon you, like in their out, as soon as you set them, why not set goals for your approach to your life, your ethics as a person, who you are and who you act as? For example, I want to be uh, a good person. I want to work at my truest potential. I want to have a balanced life so that I can enjoy it and experience it fully. So if you're looking for a new path to happiness, I believe setting these self-loving kinds of goals will give you not only relief and less suffering, but just a greater a greater and more capable self like vicariously you will actually pursue all of your superficial goals on a better level because you're not so hyper focused you're not trying to control things so much it just becomes a byproduct so at the very least take this as a you know a grain of salt that might inspire you toward a slightly more balanced or measured um, approach to your day, one that puts success on a, a different measure. So maybe it's not just so heavily invested in the external or just you foster self-forgiveness. With that, let's get to some tools. So these are all just goal-oriented goal tools um, to help you not waste time in the I'm mad at myself stage of pursuing things. Here we go, part three. So the first tool is called 
I can't make myself do my goal. <laughs> so this is when you can't make yourself do the thing that you want to do. First of all, take the blame and the anger out of the equation. Because there's a reason you're not doing the thing, and it's not just, I'm lazy. Setting goals can be their own weird science. Like, sometimes it's just in the phrasing. Sometimes it's in the increment. And sometimes it's because of a lack of something like feedback or accountability. So you have to kind of be, um, first of all, don't make it just your fault. And instead, do a little bit of experimentation. For example, if you have a goal like, I want to write my biography, and every day you can't seem to make yourself do that thing, maybe make your goal instead, I'm going to write one page of my biography. And then tackle it in that increment. Just make it into something that is measurable and if it's still not doable, make it into a paragraph. Keep reducing the increment or changing um, the way that, that that goal is described. Second tool is how thoughts kill inspiration. Our inner narrative often creates the majority of our experience. I mean literally the majority. Like what you are saying to yourself about things is your experience way more than the actual thing when you go through it. For example, when I lost my term paper in junior high, it was like 25 pages, I cried my eyes out and then told my parents about the thing that happened. I think I called people to talk about it. And I don't know, probably let's say an hour and a half of being really upset about it. And then when I started to rewrite it, it was like 20 minutes. And it was super easy. Like I remembered all of it. So your inner narrative around things will create your experience of it, regardless of what the thing is. So make your goals into empowering and positive um, voices, like the way you write them down. Deliberately make them into exciting, inspiring, energetic, um, possible things instead of, you know, underlining it and exclamation pointing it and making it into you have to do at least blank. Maybe you just put like a yay exclamation point next to that thing. I, this is super dorky, but I put little emojis next to my all of the things on my to-do list because not only does it give me a visual memory of it, it makes me excited about it. It, makes it, it reminds me that it's for me um, and that it's like something to be celebrated. It's like a goal. It's something exciting. My next tool is called Build Failure Stamina. So basically, intentionally do things that are by default a pain in the ass and extremely frustrating that you're not good at so that you are just in the habit of doing things you don't do. So, for example, if you stay in, like, a certain um, routine for extended periods of time, you will soon not do the things that are too hard. Like, you'll choose not to embarrass yourself, not be an expert at something. It'll just be like an inclination. And then when you do start to try something really challenging, it'll be a lot harder 
it will feel like more daunting. Um, and just know that it won't, in this experiment, in just this like approach to life, the first time you do this, it will feel not worth it. It'll feel like you can't do it and that you hate it and that the tedium is too much. And then if you try it again, you'll feel the same way. And then you'll try it again, feel the same way. And then you will conquer it. And then you'll be like, oh, yeah, I can do anything. I absolutely can learn anything. It's just one of those, like, you know, like training for a marathon. I've never done that, but it's my metaphor. Like, it, your body is out of shape. Eventually, it gets there. It's just like, be good at learning things. Be good at trying things and looking, uh, feeling dumb. Just because that's like how you can take on anything. It'll apply itself to all these other facets of your life that are, that bring richness and um, vast new skill sets to you. It's a way to remember truly how capable you are. It's just like, um, I like to think of it as keeping yourself malleable and celebrating that you are growing yourself, that you're ambidextrous, that you could be anything at any given time. You're not one thing ever. So those are my tools. I know this was a quickie, but before I close, I wanted to thank my latest sponsors, Donnie and Fiona and Jenny. I love you. Thank you. And you are awesome. Makes me feel wonderful and so special. Thank you. Thank you. So in closing, um, I just want to let you know, your perspective is everything. Two opposite stories of who you are in this moment exist simultaneously, and they exist at any given time. One can be, I suck, and the other can be, my life is awesome, and I am a champion. So you can actually switch back and forth, almost like toggling between a before and after in your mind's eye. It just comes down to the story you're going to tell yourself. So one, one is the easiest to access and um, the easiest to really believe when you are in a state of gratitude. And usually that's one that comes about, it's forced because of life providing us a contrast. You know, like when we we almost lose everything, then we can really see how much we have. So just be aware that that perspective is available to you, but you have to remember to access it. It's all about being deliberate in how you curate your perspective every day. So for me, that means removing um, anything that's going to distract me from that truth. You know, like I remove the unrealistic, you know, Instagram feeds. I don't have feeds of like models and people that disorient me, that distract me from what I really care about and how I want to feel. So I suggest you do the same. Like basically focus, make your perspective and your day-to-day everything into something that supports how you want to feel about yourself. So if you're getting like down on your body and feeling shitty about yourself, 
get rid of all the fucking magazines. Like, get rid of your fashion magazines. It's just about keeping yourself as supported and um, oriented to your reality as possible. True happiness comes from balance and a bond you have with yourself. And it starts with honoring your experience of this life and making that central to the pursuits you take on. Unless you are choosing a life of selflessness and self-sacrifice, in which case, I commend thee. But for the rest of us, make you the ever-evolving, growing, amazing self that you were given to pilot through this universe important. Build your approach and your to-do list and your path around that. The badges are the bonus prizes. Like, that, those are great. But external definitions will never keep you fulfilled. They start to fade as soon as you collect them. So just let success be a personal approach to life. And then happiness will be something you reinvent and experience for the first time again and again at every new stage of yourself. And it will be something that is personal. It won't be something that someone can tell you um, you should have. It'll just be your experience. And it's a moment that's just built for you. And it's only for you. And it only exists because this is your life. It's not designed by others. Those are the truest moments of joy. And they are singular and they are specific. So don't lose sight of the importance of your unique experience. This is your life and no one else's. I hope you enjoyed this. And if you have the time, leave me a review. It would help me immensely. A review on iTunes. And please, please, please um, share it with anybody that you think would enjoy it. Um, smile. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.